Welcome into this episode of the College Fantasy Football Gurus Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Abba, and I am joined, as always, with Max Karpinski. We have a ton of stuff to get into this week, but Max, what do you, what's your main takeaway from last week's um, college football slate? doesn't even have to be fantasy-related. Being a Gophers fan is tough sometimes. It gets you super excited one week and lets you down super hard the next yeah, I feel like I don't I don't know what to say. It's surprising that they beat Penn State, so they get your hopes up, right? Mm-hmm. And then they just go laying egg against Iowa. And it's not like Iowa's a bad team necessarily. Like they're respectable. Like it's not a bad loss by any means. But could you imagine if they would have won that game? They go into Northwestern this weekend, more than likely beat I Northwestern. Hope. I hope they beat I hope they more than likely beat Northwestern and then they're sitting pretty then. They just got to beat Wisconsin then. But here we are. You're you're handling this a lot better than I thought you would. I thought there'd be like some emotional breakdowns, a couple chair throws. Yeah. There was. Occasionally. So No people were injured, so we're okay. But were were you um playing football at the time that this game was going on, or did you get to watch the game, or where were you at watching the game? Uh, I gotta watch the end of the game. Alright, so what yeah. was the score when you turned it on? Like was it still like pretty Close. I think when I first started watching it was they were two touchdowns down and it was a it was a fourth and like five maybe uh, on like the ten going in and obviously they run a slant route because what else would they do and Tyler Johnson just dropped it and then some Iowa dude just tech decked Tyler Johnson like ten seconds after the play got a personal foul but then PJ Fleck was like full on Terminator mode and sprinted out of the middle of the field and then also got got a personal. So those offset. So then we didn't even get the ball back. And then it, and then yeah, then we just we couldn't rally from there. I mean, Minnesota still has a chance to make the college football playoff and I can't believe this sentence is actually coming out of my mouth this late into the season. If you would have told me going into this that Minnesota has an outside chance at the playoff, I'd have been like, you should be medicated. You should be pretty sure I did. Yeah, pretty sure you, we had that conversation. You've said it repeatedly every year since the playoff, and we have told you to shut up, Max. But now <laughs> you have issues with this. Now here we are. But realistically, there's no way. Like maybe if they beat Ohio State, but like it's yeah, hard to believe that's... after losing to Iowa, if Ohio State didn't get in with one loss, there's no way Minnesota's going to get in with one loss. Yeah, I I agree. That you're right. The only outside chance they have is definitely um, beating Ohio State in that Big Ten championship. The win beat Wisconsin first. Yeah, and that's that that in and of itself is going to be an issue. But here's the deal: we have some surprise performances from last week, Max, that are just like, what is going on? John Reese Plumley, 123 passing, 212, and four touchdowns against LSU. Crazy. Is this is this a tale of a overrated, not that great LSU defense, or is this guy legit? This guy's a baller. I think a little bit of both. I don't think the LSU defense is, you know, performing as it probably should have. Yeah, I don't think it's um, the LSU defense of old. No, especially, like, during this month. Uh, it's been just meh. And, I mean, Plumlee's an athlete. God, he's fast. Yeah, he is fast. I mean, look, you don't just run for 212 and four touchdowns for no reason. No. Like, that is legit. Yeah, it was kind of insane to watch, actually. Um, Evan Hole here... 
220-4 and four against UMass. I I mean, that's a great performance, but I'm pretty sure if we suited up in pads right now, we might be able to run for 200 yards against UMass. Could, yeah. Throw out a couple blockers out there and just let us run straight, and we could probably do it. I just, UMass is bad. Like, yeah. And was, what a weird matchup. Like, this late in the season. Yeah, like it was UMass, really versus Northwestern, and Northwestern's bad, too. Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah. Did you see the stands? No, were they really completely empty? Completely empty. There was probably like 12 total people in the stands. Was it at UMass or at Northwestern? At Northwestern. Okay, I was going to say, if that's at UMass, I'm super concerned of what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I wouldn't take too much out of this game. I mean, he kind of, I don't know how or why he got these, got all these carries. Um, obviously, 220 is insane, but UMass, like we said. Uh, but I wouldn't expect him to be like, do this again, right? They, they're struggling with injuries in the backfield. Um, and just, he kind of came out of nowhere, and there's no way he should probably pick this up, even though, you know, we've been looking for somebody to take over in this offense. Um, but we just haven't seen it. So I don't, I don't expect it to be Evan Hall either. And what a disappointment Isaiah Bowser has been. And it's not his fault. People get injured, and he's been injured all season. But, man, I had, I had him as – Pretty reasonably high rank just because we've seen the Northwestern backfield produce over and over again. Same. And we saw that at the end of last year where we saw that well, he was he getting took 30 carries a game and that there was nothing you could do about it, right? It's just guaranteed production, or at least that's what it was. And we just yeah. haven't seen that this year. Well, and on top of that, Evan Hull's currently, at the last time I checked, he's listed as their second running back behind Drake Anderson this week. Yeah, probably. So, look, leave it alone. It's a great performance, but... Not worth the pickup. Corey Sutton here, a little more well-known CFF name. Eight for 173 and three. I don't know how much I trust it due to the fact that you know their first obligation is to run the ball. And then when they're done with that, they're going to run the ball again. Right? (laughs) I don't don't see – I know Corey Sutton's a talent, and I know he has these games once in a while, but he's not that trustworthy. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I know some people were expecting big things. I, I was. Um, coming into the season for Corey Sutton, he did he did okay. Uh, he he kind of put it together. You know, here would be his big you know breakout game. But I don't, I don't expect this going forward. And he's not a guy that I want to trust. You know, week thirteen, probably semifinals of the playoffs. Uh, I wouldn't. There's and especially you know if you're semifinals of the playoffs, you have better options anyway um, than to throw in Corey Sutton. Yeah, absolutely, Max. You want to roll into these starts and sits here? Well, Let's do we it. Got- we got some good ones on here. We got big names that have some interesting maps that kind of make me a little nervous. Look, you have Carter's beloved Buckeyes. They've been great all season. I hate to say it, but it's Ohio State, and Carter's just a huge bandwagoner. Mm-hmm. Biggest of bandwagons. <laughs> Anyways, you got Justin Fields going up against Penn State. Part of me has a little bit of skepticism, but... Look, at the end of the day, you can't bench Justin Fields. I think Penn State's defense is not what it was at the beginning of the season. And I think Ohio State should be able to move the ball on them pretty decently. Yeah, I'm not too worried. Um, Justin Fields is a great player. He's got 41 total touchdowns this year. So I wouldn't I wouldn't like be too worried about it. Um, Tanner Morgan had an okay game against Penn State. And Tanner Morgan is not Justin Fields. So... Max, just to take you on a little bit of a, a question here, I guess, a little unrelated. Is he going to play this weekend, or is he is he out? I don't know. I don't. I, I haven't heard officially, um, but he's definitely suffering from concussion symptoms. Which you you know all too well about. 
so apparently, or maybe I don't know. Maybe you don't know, and you're still you've still been concussed this entire time. We've been doing a podcast with a concussed Max this entire yep, time. This whole time. But and, yeah, but I I it's hard to believe that he would play, but it's really scary if he doesn't, just because. Northwestern's annoying. Well, not not even annoying. Like if we lose lose Northwestern, I would. Oh, <laughs> I honestly don't know how I'd react, and I don't want to find out. If um, if Northwestern upsets Minnesota this weekend, will you be on the podcast next week? I don't know if I'll be alive. <laughs> oh my gosh well there you have it you know let's let's not let's go gofs all right we don't, need, we don't need a wildcat upset here Fleck. but fields we're starting them right to get back on track here yes for sure what Ryan's about i get 80 carries or like the running backs as a whole just might have literally 100 total like yeah brooks and smith and ibrahim might actually have 30 carries each this week I could see it. Try to just don't mess around with Northwestern. Just get it done on the ground. Yeah. Are we starting Super Duper Longhorn Network? Hashtag fo 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 four. Slam Sam Ellinger, who is Bo Jackson. And you mean still the top Heisman candidate? Yes. Everybody's sleeping on him. I bet you t- Longhorn Network isn't. No, never sleeping on him. They're also not sleeping on women's volleyball. But here's the deal. Are we rolling out? Sam Ellinger against a tough Baylor defense that plays the same scheme or a similar scheme that Iowa State played, and Ellinger struggled last week in Ames against Iowa State. He struggled, but he didn't struggle like that hard. He still Not put like, a, a you know a pretty good fantasy fantasy week. Like, yeah, but a lot, a lot of it kind of came at he a lot of I was at the game and it just looked like they were so out of sync that first half. Yeah, I I like, didn't watch the whole game, but that's what it seemed like. And I think you can't bench Ellinger. Like, I'm going to start him if I have him. He's gotten you this far. It's just Baylor does scare me. But look, Baylor, in the second half of that Oklahoma game, they let Oklahoma come back. Yeah. They let Oklahoma right back in that game. And we've seen Texas's offense randomly have success. I don't think Colin Johnson's going to play. That does factor in a little bit. To Ellinger, but you have to roll him out, right? Yeah, you have I mean, to. you're starting him. I mean, Jalen Hurts had a good game against Baylor. I mean, Jalen Hurts is also Jay literally Hurts. ripping apart everybody. No because mercy. that's what Oklahoma quarterbacks do nowadays. Thank you, Lincoln Riley. Yes. Love yeah. it. Um, so I wouldn't. I, you have to start Ellinger. Uh, if you made it this far and you're just not going to start Ellinger, then I don't know. I just feels It just feels wrong. No, I, I agree with you. Um, The Hawaii quarterbacks. I hate them, first off. Nothing against Hawaii. Nothing against the state of Hawaii. Nothing against anything they're doing there. But for the love of God, for all of us CFF players in the playoffs trying to get an edge on our opponents, can we pick one and let them stay in there? Can we just pick one quarterback? They're both. I like how you're subtly just calmly trying to calm me off the edge here, but it's annoying. It is very. That system is a goldmine if we just let one guy in there. Let one guy throw, go in, throw five touchdowns and throw three picks and just let it be. Let it happen. (laughs) Let it happen. It'll be okay. But here's the deal. You cannot touch this situation. And here's the thing. Even if, let's, I mean, it's currently Friday now. Even if they come out and say, hey, we're starting Cole McDonald. I still don't know if I trust it, right? Yeah. I, I still don't. I don't think I'm messing with it even if they announce a starter. So how does it play into your decisions with starting, like, say, JoJo Ward or 
Cedric Bird. And what the Jock is smart. <sighs> what was that last one, Max? Shock is smart. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Um, yes, <laughs> Texas's head coach for basketball is one of Hawaii's receivers. Mm-hmm. Pretty athletic, if I do say so myself. Yes, but on a serious note, I think you roll your JoJo Wards, you roll your Cedric Birds. They're That's just kind of tough to trust because they also, in a way, play musical chairs at receiver. Mm. Not well, their Cedric fault. Been, he hasn't scored a touchdown in no. a long time. Right, I know. And they're playing San Diego State, which is a good defense. Yeah. Which so, is, yeah, one of the better defenses. The whole, whole Hawaii offense for me this weekend has a question mark. Very scary. Because yeah. Jojo Ward hasn't been, like, great either. Like, he popped off against San Jose. And obviously he had the 50-point out against Oregon State. But the receivers just haven't been as consistent as, obviously, like... Um, Last year, your Suo was. Yeah. They also have the potential to have three receptions for 30 yards, and that's it. So it's it it depends on your lineup, you know, who else you have, who else you have going. If you're will if you're willing and able to take the risk on one of these guys. No, I agree with you here. This Max, this excuse me, this last one, Max. There we go. Shane Bouchelet, as you like to call him, or Shane Bouchel, whatever you prefer. It's, def- it's definitely Bouchel, but if you want to say it like our concussed friend Hugh Bouchelet. He's going against Navy. Navy's defense is not great. Don't get me wrong. That's not where I'm coming from when we I put him on the list here. It's as a CFF player, anytime I have a guy that's playing against a triple option school, there's a small part of me that is a little worried with time of possession. Mm-hmm. And I know Notre Dame moved the ball all over Navy last week, but there's part of me that's like, man, what if Navy just sits on the ball all game Bouchel only gets, you know, not that many pass attempts. I, I think it's a fine play, and I am starting him if I have him, but I am a little skeptical. Yeah. I, it just doesn't feel like Navy's the same as, like, Army, per se. Like, Army, we've yeah. seen, you know, dominate. Like, they held, what, Oklahoma. They almost beat Oklahoma last year because they just sit on the ball, right? It doesn't feel like Navy's been that that same way. Um, they've definitely been in contests where they run up the score, you know, prior to, to Notre Dame. Um and I don't think SMU is going to have a problem scoring points because they do like to score a lot of points. Um, and I, I don't think that's going to be a huge factor. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think it was worth talking about. These running backs on this list that we have to deal with have some tough matchups. They're huge names. A.J. Dillon against Notre Dame. Are we starting or sitting them? I'm starting them. I'm starting them against Mr. Marquise this weekend, CFF Nate. Yeah, big matchup here in the CFFG industry pod league. It's down to four teams. Myself and Max made the cut. We were in the final four, so we definitely had the big boy pants on, Mr. Wobb. Is that fair yep. to say? The I big hope boy so. Pants we're strapped on as we've made the final four of our league. We're going against Kevin Brown and Max's arch nemesis, CFF Nate. For some reason, there's a rivalry there. I don't know why. But Max is going to roll A.J. Dillon in that very important matchup, mainly because you know he's getting at least 20 carries. Yeah, oh, for sure. He probably will get 30 because that's just the way no, that's just the way it is, which is we, very nice. How do we feel about J.K. Dobbins against Penn State? I'm still starting him. Like I said, I don't think Penn State's defense is as great as everyone says it is. I'd be a little more skeptical uh, with him as opposed to Justin Fields. Um, I think I'd probably still outroll Dobbins just because he's good. Um, and Ohio State is obviously good, and they're good at also running the football. 
So they're uh, a good football team, actually. So, yes. trying to say? so in theory, they would be a good football team, then yes. Okay. You know uh, Benjamin against yeah. Oregon? How do you feel uh, about that? It's sad. Eno's just not been as good as, you know, we all thought he was going to be. Really, like, you know, there there were people out there that had Eno as their number one overall running back. Which you know, I don't think it was that crazy at the time. The guy's coming off a season with 300 carries. You know the same workload's going to be there. They said he was so, going to get more. I just, he just hasn't been what it is, and I don't know if I trust it against Oregon. So it's the thing is he's he struggled. I mean he did okay last week against Oregon State, seventy and a touchdown. Uh, but he's you know kind of struggled against USC and UCLA. Um, obviously Utah is good, um, but against Oregon, who has one of the better defenses, you know, in the nation, especially in the back tw- in the Pac-12. I mean that's tough, and you know they got a good pass defense. You know their secondary is really good. Jaden Daniels is probably gonna have a hard time throwing the ball, and I don't think that's gonna help you know Benjamin in any way. No, and I don't think it will at all. He He's in a little bit of a similar situation as A.J. Dillon, but the problem is A.J. Dillon's been producing. You know, Benjamin's not. Yeah. These are two guys that 100% are volume-based running backs, and I tell you what, I don't like, you know, Benjamin in my lineups this week. If you have him and you have no other better option, obviously roll him. There is a chance he still produces. I don't feel good about it, though. So if you do have a better matchup play, I'm, I would leave, you know, Benjamin on the bench. Yeah, I'd probably lean towards the matchup play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last one, Max. I'm a Joshua Kelly truther. I'm never going to stop, not even if there's a fire. No, nope. I'm not going to call him dad. doesn't matter how big the fire is. I'm not going to call him dad. No. Even if there's a fire. <laughs> but for real here, Joshua Kelly against USC. If there's one thing that's come out of the dumpster fire these last couple weeks. It has been Joshua Kelly. It has been Joshua Kelly. Surprisingly. We have to scrap the Utah game because Utah punishes people. Utah's like, why do you even attempt to run? We will shut you down. That is what they do, and they do it very well. So, but here's the deal. I've been a Joshua Kelly truther all season, and I'm never going to stop, ever. Joshua Kelly, start him against USC. They're not Utah. They need Kelly to have a big game. And Max, what he did last year? Yeah, Max, I was about to say, I'm pretty sure I had him on my team last year in our family league, which is like very high stakes. Lots of crap talking. There's a group chat yes. involved. It is like if you lose, it is on, right? Yep. I'm playing against oh. Max in the playoffs, and if any of you guys are listening and you remember what Josh Kelly did last year against USC, Max is about to bring you through what he experienced last year going against Joshua Kelly in that USC game. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't remember, he had 289 yards and two touchdowns rushing on the game. And I was in Vegas for my first time ever. It was the weekend after my 21st birthday. Nice, nice. Uh, All this sounds promising. Me and my pops were enjoying some time. You know, we wanted to go check out the, the sports book that, down at Caesars Palace. Like uh, any reasonable person would do. If you, yes. Yeah, if you don't go there, like, are you okay? Um, so we were there, and you know, we were sitting, and we are like, oh, sweet, UCLA, USC. You know, it's be a good game. You know, it's fun. You know, big rivalry. There are a lot of, you know, local, like, L.A. people there, you know, cheering on both both sides of the, of the game. And just slowly and slowly, I sat there and, and watched Joshua Kelly punish my soul play after play after play after play after play. And I heard all the fans of UCLA around me screaming play after play after play. <laughs> oh, that's and boy, awesome. boy, did it hurt. It hurt so bad. I feel like I remember vaguely receiving like verbally abusive text messages from you why this is happening i was You're so just sad. like 
And I'm pretty sure that was the like, same week that Derek oh, King tore his meniscus. Derek King, yes, yes, that, and that, that did not help. It was yeah. a low point, Max, for you. It was it was tough. The only thing that made it up was there was a uh, oh, a Gordon Ramsay like sponsored restaurant right next to the sports book. <laughs> And we ate some dirty wings and nachos just to kind of eat away the sorrows. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, uh, <laughs> you went oh. to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant and got wings and nachos. Yes, that was right next to the sports book, so it was very fitting. <laughs> Everything checks out. <laughs> it sounds like 100% what you would do. It was incredible. To a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. Give but, me some wings and nachos. <laughs> but to be honest with you, if there was anything in the world that could cure my pain from that weekend, from Joshua <laughs> Kelly, it was that, and it was unbelievable. Gordon Ramsay's wings and nachos. Oh, oh my goodness! Buddy. I tell you, it 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 lives up to the hype. I promise you. All right, <laughs> Max. If we're rolling Bouchelle, are we rolling Prochet against Navy? I think you have to. Yeah, you have to. Insane. He's you been too dominant. Yeah. Um. And is yeah. Robertson still out? He should be. I think he still is. I think he's still out. And if so, he's very. If not, he's very questionable. So I think you're fine either way. Um. Max, yeah, here's, this yeah. next one does not make me feel good. It doesn't give me the warm fuzzies inside. Gandy Golden against <laughs> those Virginia. Fuzzies. Yeah, those warm fuzzies. Gandy Golden fuzzies. against Virginia. How do we feel about that? Uh, it makes me want to say, just because it's Liberty and, and they're playing against Virginia, who you know is I think 24th in passing defense. Yeah, they're 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 good against the pass. They're good. Yes. Ah. Uh. It makes me like everything makes me want to say sit, but I think there is definitely a world where Liberty could come out and even just throw it, throw them like ten times in the first half, just cause, like just come out guns a blazing, and just give them ten for maybe seventy five and a touchdown. Like, and you know, I'd be happy with that. That'd be that'd be a good performance, especially when against Virginia. But boy, is it hard! It's hard to trust. Max, is this your gut feeling moment? Right? Is this the guy? Are you willing to say this is kind of your gut feeling? Ignore the matchup. Something feels like Gandy Golan's about to have a day. The thing is, I don't know if I would say a day, but I feel like he could definitely like he's going to be the only form of offense. And now, quite frankly, Virginia's going to try and take that down. And they have, I think, one of the best cover corners in in, in the nation, which doesn't bode well for Gandy Golden, um, to be honest. So I don't think so. I don't think I, I don't think I have that feeling that he can just go pop off no matter the matchup. Right. Okay. No, that's fair. I was just trying to get a read on it because look, I've had my gut feeling plays many times and somehow they've worked. But I mean, we have another one that is notorious for my gut feelings that will be in our sneaky starts. I'm not sure how he qualifies as sneaky, but we'll get into that later. I'm benching Gandy Golden. Are you starting him or benching him, Max? Final verdict. I think I think I'm gonna bench him. But looking right. at some of the other names on this list, I'd start him over these next three guys. Okay. You're starting him over. This hurts you, but it's going to have to be done. Tyler Johnson versus Northwestern. And the only reason is because Tanner Morgan's not playing. And if Tanner okay. Morgan doesn't play, I expect a lot of running the football and not a lot of pass attempts. Knowing the rest of Minnesota's quarterbacks have thrown, I'm pretty sure, five combined passes in their careers. And three of them happened last week on the final drive on, like, Second and fifteen, and then third and twenty, and then like fourth and twenty-five. Um, okay, so Minnesota, there's like a real chance Minnesota could struggle with Northwestern for some reason this weekend. I don't just say struggle, but I just don't think passing output's going to be there. Okay, no, that, that that's completely fair, Max. Because like if I'm looking at Rodney Smith, like I like I I would probably start Rodney Smith this week. 
against even Northwestern. though Northwestern's defense is tough, you still feel like he's going to be force fed. I think so. Yeah, and I'm probably going to start him. Right. I'll probably. I currently have Rodney Smith and Tyler Johnson in my roster, and I'm for sure going to start Rodney Smith over Tyler Johnson. Yeah, I, I don't think you're that crazy. Brandon Ayuk against Oregon. Are we crazy if we want to put him in the lineup? Because I don't know if I really do. He's been so I, good this year. And I don't. I don't like it. Because, um, what's his name? Oregon's defense is just their secondary is so good. Right, the only team that's really had a lot of success against Oregon passing the ball is Washington State. And when you throw the ball every play, eventually you're going to hit, right? So I, I'm leaving Ayuk on the bench this week. I think so, too. This last one, Max, it is looking like Drew Brown is going to be good to go. You think so? Yes. So Dylan Stoner against West Virginia, is that a play? He's had two couple big weeks. Right. Uh, but the big weeks was, you know, the first one was three for 102 touchdowns. The last week was five for, I think, two touchdowns again. Maybe just one touchdown. So, I mean, oh. West Virginia is coming off a win against K-State, too. Let's keep that in mind. So this is going to be kind of a little bit of a hot West Virginia team, if you will. Do we trust Dylan Stoner to do anything in this crucial playoff week? Without Spencer Sanders. Without Spencer uh, Sanders. That hasn't played really at all, all season. Um, could be more of a gunslinger, but you know I would expect Oklahoma State to force feed Chubba Hubbard like they have been, maybe even more so this week. Um, and I, I don't know if I feel comfortable throwing Stoner in at such a pivotal time. I have him on my bench actually at the moment. Okay, yeah, um, it, it's a dice roll. I would this was what I would say. I would say it's a sit with an asterisk. Right, and that asterisk being if you don't really have any other options and you kind of need a play. It's not horrible. He he could he could very well have like five catches for 120 and a touchdown. Like that that's a yeah. real thing that could definitely happen. But I don't feel that confident either. I mean, these receivers, I'm start I'm sitting Gandy Golden, Tyler Johnson, Ioc, and Stone, and the only one I'm starting with these tough matchups is Navy or Navy is Prochet against Navy. Mm-hmm. If you had to start one of the other four, are you starting Stoner? Yeah, I, I think so, and that's that's the riskiest pick of all those. And Gandy Golden, I still kind of – I get where you're coming from, and I that's understand that argument completely. You can just be there for Gandy Yeah. Kind right? of like A.J. Dillon, right? right? It doesn't matter who's playing against. He's just going to – like, and that could definitely happen this week. Or, you know, they could just, you know, shut him down because Virginia definitely has the capability to do that. So is that your second pick, Max? If you have to play another one of these guys outside of Prochet, who's it going to be? Gandy Golden. Because I think – well, Tyler Johnson would be if he had – if he has mm-hmm. Morgan, if he had, yeah, if he had Morgan, that's that's Morgan, understandable. If Morgan's playing for sure, Tyler Johnson, but AGG just feels like the best receiver out of the group, other than Tyler Johnson. Um, it would just, you know, have the most potential to give volume and you know make the big plays. Yeah, um, Max, it's time. It is time for the sneaky starts. Low percentage guys that we have random gut feelings on that may or may not pan out. That is, that is that's my advertisement for this last segment. Great one, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I think it sold well. I think people buy that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you start us, Max. You enlighten us on your quarterback play this week. He's only twenty six percent owned, Max. Who is it? Uh, so first, let's start with you know, the Pac twelve has some teams that really really struggle on the defensive side of the football. 
And that's going to be a theme for these quarterbacks for us. Uh, yeah, and Aaron I, I, is one of those teams. And they are very, very bad when it comes to passing defense. And Utah plays Arizona this weekend. And Tyler Huntley, who I don't know if you've been looking at Twitter recently, but Utah football has been all out promoting Huntley for Heisman. Which is, it's a little ridiculous. There's no way. But I get it. I get why you're doing it. He's been good, like, some statistics-wise. But he's not like he's just, like, winning Utah games. Yeah, Like, he's good. But it's not like he's, like, the reason why they're winning games. But I'm going to start him against Arizona. Why? Arizona's very bad defending the pass. He's only 26% owned. Um, I'm actually starting him this week against CFF Nate. Uh, and I expect him to have a good outing. He had you know, 300 and a couple touchdowns last week against, I believe, UCLA. Um, sadly, Arizona is worse than UCLA when it comes to passing defense. Which so, what we didn't think was possible. I didn't think so. So I expect the same, if not more. Yeah, th- this is really the dumpster dive special, Max, on the what we're abusing here. Yeah, and absolutely. look, I've been a Joshua Kelly truther. I have been. And... I've also been a little bit of a Keaton Slovis truther. Not as bad, but I have been. I've picked Slovis a few times. I have some good games, and he hasn't let me down yet. So why sure. not keep going back to the well? And he's been kind of hot lately. Right? I mean, before Air Max, you were talking about Slovis's games against those defenses. He played Cal, and he did well. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been hot lately. It, I feel like he's almost matchup proof, especially in that system. Those receivers around him. Give me Slovis against UCLA. He is thirty six percent owned. That is so shocking to me. Yep. I'm a, I agree. I'm not that surprised. Huntley's twenty six percent owned. I obviously think it should be higher, but obviously being in a system that has Zach Moss, that's typically going to run the ball. I can see that. But being Slovis, who's in an air raid with a ungodly receivers. All those guys They're are pretty freaks. Good. Yeah. Playing against UCLA, 36% owned. Get him in your lineups. I, I don't know what else to say other than he needs to be started. I think, yeah, I totally agree. I don't see why. And I think, I don't think this game's, it, it very well could be a blowout, but I think UCLA is going to show up in this game just because, you know, big rivalry game. Obviously, this, this game tends to be pretty good every year. Um, so I don't expect, I mean, like, I expect it to be kind of high powered. I mean, USC. Their offense has been firing on cylinders right now. Um, and I would expect UCLA to hang in, uh, which bodes well for Slovis. Yeah, Max, your running back play here, playing Kent State, 26% owned. You have Caleb Huntley on your sheet. You feel good about this play? I, I do. He's had you know roughly 20 carries the last two weeks. Um, and I think that you know Ball State's just going to be able to run the ball easily on Kent State. Um, even if he kind of splits carries, I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, and I, you know, I just expect him to put up a solid game this week. Yeah, Max, I, I'm with you. And I think when you're this late in the season, a lot of the running backs are off the wire, right? A lot of the big names, great performances, low percentage guy is Elijah Collins. He's going against the Rutgers, Max. Powerhouse. Look, he is the only running back Michigan State has. Their offense hasn't been great, but one thing they need to do is run the ball. Collins has had games this year where he's been good. I think he has another one here. And actually, this is crazy to say, but there's a chance this weekend. My lineup is not finalized in the industry league playoffs, but there's a chance I at our two flexes, I'm rolling Collins, and then my sneaky start at receiver, 
which I'll, we'll just jump right into, is Tyler Snead against UConn. Those are my two flexes going against Kevin Brown this week. Snead definitely has the potential to, to pop off. Yeah, I, we got Snead, Collins, one at the flex. They're both a little bit of dice rolls, but look, if you're playing UConn, roll up, roll out everyone, right? Yeah. We do, CJ Johnson is gonna play, and yes, he's he's probably close to 100, percent but you never know. Things never flare know. up. Yep. And Tyler Snead has been healthy as far as we've heard, so roll him out. 22% owned. Go grab him if you need a dice roll flex. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't I don't mind either, but he's also one of these guys where it's like very boom or bust, right? I mean, he could, I mean, is there, there's probably a world where he finishes without a catch. I mean, that's I, probably a little extreme. Cause I that's would really say that would be a little extreme, but I think you're right in the aspect. There's probably a world where he finishes with three catches for 40 yards. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a JoJo Ward, Cedric yeah. Bird kind of thing. But, I mean, obviously, ECU has been firing right now. And, you know, Tyler Snee was a corporate of that last week. CJ Johnson's back who did that, you know, two weeks ago. So a little risky, but I do like it. Max, bring us home here. Who is your receiver this week that should be in lineups? So I'm gonna go with Jaden Blue against Cincy. Uh why? You know, this these are gonna be two of the top teams uh, in the American conference. Um Cincinnati's defense isn't super strong. It's only about middle of the road. And Jaden Blue's had double-digit receptions in the last couple games. Um, and I expect Temple to come into this game, you know, ready to fire. I think this is going to be a high-powered, you know, offensive game between, you know, Cincy and Temple. Um, and Jaden Blue has turned into, the, you know, the top target, you know, for this offense. And I don't expect that to change this week. Um, so I, I honestly think he's a pretty comfortable start. Only 16% owned. Especially yeah. with the workload he's probably going to get. Yeah, that's pretty surprising. 16. I mean, there's probably some dead leagues out there, but that's pretty surprising me that he's that low. Yeah. But, yeah, he's been he's been pretty good lately. So, yeah, I feel comfortable with him. You know, I know Mac and Isaiah Wright, you know, are there also. Um, but they've kind of stepped off, and the work's gotten a lot to blue these last two weeks. No, I, I don't – I like to play. I don't think it's that crazy – Max, is there anything you want to say here in the closing statements? It is time to let the audience go. It is time for us to move on with our day. But look, it's playoff time, Max. Do you have anything you want to say? Find yourself a good defense. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, literally play the matchups. Max Max has told me he's liked Michigan State this week against Rutgers. I've liked Auburn against Stanford. Look, the SEC is playing just random teams at this point. It's the cupcake week. So go find one of those defenses if you can. Um, Until next time, guys, take it easy.